0: Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello and welcome back to Out with Dan. I'm so excited to talk to Keith Bruton today about his debut novel, The Lemon Man. Welcome, Keith.
1: Thanks very much. Uh, I'm delighted to be on your show. Oh, this thank is a- you. World exclusive. This is the first interview I've done, video interview.
0: Oh, wonderful. This wonderful.
1: Is- all the fans have heard my voice, <laughs> to hear my voice.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, I get to see your face and hear your voice. Yep. So that's a great thing. So are you from uh, Ireland? Original? Yeah, born, born and bred, born and bred in
1: Dublin, the west side of Dublin. Oh. In, in a place called Clondalkin, which is okay. about 20 minutes outside the city centre. So and yeah, Dublin's very, very small city. I went to college in the city centre. Um, I worked in the city centre for years. And then in 2016, I uh, moved over to Canada for four years with my partner. And we lived in Toronto. And then we got seriously homesick and moved back to Dublin. So I'm back in (laughs) Dublin, back on home tour.
0: (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I feel like Patrick Callan, who is the lemon man, I feel like besides his OCD, which I want to come back to, I feel like he's worried about his footprint on the earth. You know, he's a unique... Hitman and the fact that he's he's hip as well. Yeah, he, that- it's like,
1: like I, I think there's a, there's definitely a bit of me in in, in the Hitman. Like I like uh, I, like when I was writing the book, my hair was growing out, like <laughs> <My> beard <laughs> was growing out. I never had a beard as long or hair this long. I was literally going grey as well. I was <laughs> going grey writing this novel. And uh, yeah, he's very hipster. He's very young. He's, he's, he's his life is kind of all over the place. He's had like a troubled childhood. Is his father abandoned him when he was a child and his mother raised him in like a flat in the city center with his abusive auntie and i don't want to say too many spoilers but he's just had a, a difficult upbringing and it's it's kind of like now he's landed as a hitman in in his 40s which is it's just a wild wild ride you know kind of like
0: it is. It's one thing, you know, I think I did a little career changing close to 40, but I did not choose a hit man. But yeah. there's some days I would wouldn't mind hiring the lemon man to be serious. <laughs>
1: I think people like him because it's not like he's killing just random people. He is killing horrible people. I know that's not right in the sense. It's not right <laughs> to really just kill random people, but the people that he is killing are kind of deserve it. So you're kind of like you're on his side throughout the whole thing. And and I knew like uh, in in the open chapter like uh, chapter one where he discovers the baby he hears the cries of baby in the bedroom in the next room it's like this I was always complaining does he take the baby because I in the first draft I, he doesn't take the baby and then I had oh. to I rewrote it then I rewrote it. I was like yeah it makes sense for him to take this baby and then this is the obstacle throughout the whole book of him trying to be this father figure <laughs> trying to have this little family with uh, with Olivia which is the escort that he sees. And trying to do all these hits on the side, and it's it's just it's just a mess it is.
0: Well, it's it's funny because in the book, we uh, the baby's name is Kino, and yes. it's it's cute because it's like you know he's a hitman and he has to think on his feet. So when someone asks what the baby's name is, he comes up with something, and it's you know it's right off the cuff. And I think to myself, I would assume you have to be that way as a hitman. If something goes wrong, you've got to be able to fix it it be a pathological liar, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, that too. the word, word Kino, you know, I think he finds he's at like a supermarket,
1: he's at like a like a market or like food market, and he sees it on like a packaging on drums on chicken drumsticks. He sees the word keen. And in Ireland we always have like nicknames, you know when you're growing up. Like I don't know if you have them with like Dan, Danny or Dano, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to say Keno and call him Keno.
0: <laughs> I love it. And, of course, you, you call him or Patrick calls him the little fart. And I just fart, I, like, yeah. I laughed out loud the first time that came up. And then the fact that Patrick keeps calling him the little fart is just I mean, it's so endearing. Yeah. Um, so it's like it's like a missing
1: piece of, of his life kind of thing It's like he's had this crazy, like, 10 years of his life being a hitman. He, he started off working in, in, like, a chipper back in, in his 20s, working at a fish and chip place as, like, a cleaner, and then he works himself up to being, like, a, a bouncer or, like, a doorman, and then he just finds himself killing people. Then. <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a gradual, <laughs> the gradual, uh, the gradual climb, crazy.
0: And I thought, you know, so now to talk about his OCD, it's When I was growing up, I'll I'll bring this back to me. So when I was growing up, if you came to visit us, my mother would make you pull off your shoes at the door. It didn't matter who you were. You could have been the president of the world, and she just said, park your shoes at the door. So when Patrick has an issue with Olivia wearing her shoes in the apartment, I had this flashback of growing up, and I thought, oh, my goodness, his OCD is just really that deep
1: yeah i I actually i think it's it's a bit of me as well because anytime i leave the house i always check i check if the like cookers off even though i haven't even cooked all day i will check the plugs the plug sockets and make sure like chargers are not on i make sure the doors like locked 10 times like and my partner goes crazy she hates it absolutely (laughs) hates it it's like you haven't even cooked and then you're there checking the cookers so so, so there's definitely me in patrick yeah
0: Well, you won't go off and find out when you come back that your place is burned down because you left the cooker on.
1: So It goes off automatically as well. It's one of those cookers that goes off itself.
0: Okay, maybe that is a little (laughs) deep. So I think that was yet another thing though. The OCD figures in so wonderfully into what you've written because Patrick makes lists of things he has to do and he crosses those off the list. And it is, it's, very similar to when he crosses someone off the real list in life, so I mean, he's so organized in that. And so, when he does pick up the little fart keynote, I'm like, Well, of course, he would because he can't leave something undone. Mm-hmm. And of course, honestly, I, I told you before we recorded, I'm such a fanboy of this book because it is you hit all the points of your character, Patrick is so. Well-rounded. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And and it makes sense. Like, it would make sense to make a to-do list as well, wouldn't it?
0: Yes, <laughs> well, of course.
1: You, need to, you do need to be organized. Right. And I, think, I think when the baby gets thrown to him, it just kind of puts, it just throws everything out the basket kind of thing, doesn't it? It's just like, what, do, and it's like, now he's all sympathetic now. He's had to kill him for 10 years. Now he's, it's like he wants to settle down now. Right. Right. And you and can't it. have your cake and eat it. <laughs>
0: it's as if his biological clock is ticking rather than yeah. Olivia's and yeah. and that too I think is a good thing because as we age and change and go through mm-hmm. life we make changes we make adjustments or else you're stagnant the rest of your life
1: exactly exactly and she's a bit younger as well I make I make her I think in her like early twenties, and he's like forties. so like she, you could tell, like they're both kind of similar. They've come from similar backgrounds. Like they're both troubled. They both they both probably wanting. They have one foot out the door, kind of thing. You know, <laughs> it's, kind of, it's hard to get out of that world when you've been doing it for so long. You know, can I? So yeah. Maybe-
0: it is true. And you see also with Patrick, you see his emotions change, not just with the baby, but also with Olivia, how he interacts with her and some of the things that he asked her, which I don't want to mention, but he asks her certain things throughout the book. And, and you see a maturity in both of them, because as you say, they are looking to change their direction or get out of the game because they're both in a game for sure. Oh well,
1: yeah.
0: And it so, when Emma does it. <laughs> I found that um, Dublin is certainly another character in this book. Mm -hmm. I feel as if I've not been to Dublin, uh, but I feel as if I have now because you tell us which streets uh, Patrick is riding his bike down. And I, do you bicycle? Do you ride a bike? I ride my bike
1: around the city as well. (laughs) I'm morphing into him. I'm morphing into him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I love it because, you know, at one point, Patrick explains just so off the cuff that, you know, he can get from point A to point B much quicker on a bicycle than he can if he oh, drives. Yeah, the,
1: the streets are so narrow here. Like, and one-way system, you just, it's just a nightmare. is you know, it's it's kind of like Amsterdam. You know, these small European cities are just like that. It's not like London or New York. It's just, it's just not, it's not built for cars, the, the, these cities, you know, kind of like. Yeah, and I mentioned all the, the all the locations. Like, I, I don't just go on Google Maps. I do walk the streets, you know. Like, all the locations are real. Like, there's a character in the, in the book that I love is uh, Jack McGee, the uh, gun seller, which is yeah. uh, kind of loosely based his features on, like, there's a famous Northern Ireland poet called um, Michael Longley. Okay. This big barrel of a man. and he's in his, like, 70s, still alive, so he's writing. And he's this big barrel of a man, like a rugby player, bushy, white beard, and the glasses, and all. I was like, this this is Jack McGee, you know, kind of, and it's, I love his character, and it. it's, it's, yeah, he's he he's a very uh, intriguing character in the book as well, that I love, yeah, but I, I call, like, all the historical sites, the GPO, the General Post Office, and the Trinity College, all those places are all mentioned in the book, and I, I have two friends from Canada, or they're there here this week, and we're just walking around the city, going, to the, jumping to the pubs, the pub scene is huge here, this like over 750 pubs in Dublin. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a big drinking culture and a lot of historical <laughs> stuff. Well,
0: you won't have a day that you can't find a pub, that's for sure. I no. don't <laughs> no, no, it's a good thing or <laughs> I loved the bronze man and I loved the interaction between the bronze man and Patrick. That was such a fun thing. The the ancillary characters in your book are just as important as the main characters. They each had you've done well in giving them each a role to play. And they're not just sort of throwaway characters. Each of these people play a part in his life and that's yep. a fun thing.
1: Yeah, even like in the open, the open scene where it says 10 years, 10 years ago in the open scene, you got Eagle Eye and that's this like kind of mentor. He's like, he's a good few years older and he kind of like takes him under his wing. Like they're all important characters. Jackie McGee is kind of like a father figure to him Mm -hmm. and Eli is kind of like a, a mentor to him. And then the bronze man is just kind of like, they just, they feed off each other. They're always like sarcastic to each other. They're always like, other <laughs> <future> off," because <laughs> they both need each other, you know, they, they need each other. He needs to do the hits, and she needs to pay him, and she needs to get paid as
0: well. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, it it is is, and it's a pecking order, you know. It's it's really like office politics. It just he sort of has a different kind of office.
1: Yeah, exactly. And even like the crazy old the, the actual pub location and everything—that's a real location in Dublin as well. Yeah. It's, oh, cool. It's, 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 I just, I just renamed the pulp to the crazy owl. So I did just, that's my own little twist to it, but it is a real pulp in Dublin. So, yeah.
0: I like that. I like that. It's, um, I just, it, it flows so really well. It just goes and it's, it's, it's a fun read. It's something that I totally recommend it. I've already been recommending it to friends because I'm like, it's, it's just, it's, It's fun. And it's it's a quick read as well.
1: It's like, it's, was it 270 pages? It's a very quick read. Chapters are short and all. Yeah. I I did that on purpose.
0: (laughs) Well, my attention span's not always that long, so it helps as well.
1: I'm a slow reader as well. (laughs) It takes me forever to read.
0: Yeah. It's hard to imagine that I have a podcast and uh, I read as slowly as I do, but there you have it. So, what is? Are have you toured with the book? Um, no, I haven't done any tours no No. All right. No. Well, it's, I, should, I, mean, I should actually do them, shouldn't I? Yes. You, well, I mean, so it, that's a, that's a big thing too, because you know, with different publishing houses, whether you're self-published or published by a big publisher, it does make such a big difference on who tours and all. So yeah. I did. I sort of looked because I'm always curious. What is the uh, bookstore scene like in Dublin? Do you have...
1: In Dublin, uh, we have... Easton's is the big one. Easton's and Sons. I don't know if you've seen... Did you see that one? Oh, I life. did, yes. So that's the big one. That'd be the equivalent of like an indigo in Canada or... Uh, what's, what's the big one in America? Barnes Barn- 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 and Barn- Nobles. Barn- yeah. Nobles. That'd be the equivalent of that one, yeah. So Barnes very small. It's a small market, you know. There's only 5 million people here and uh, my publisher is in California. Oh. So, uh, they're in California. So... It's a huge market. The U.S. market and the U.K. market is they're just big. You
0: know, it's just it just makes sense to sell the books there. You know, I love it. I love it. It came very quickly and it's a wonderful read. Uh, Do you have any social media or website that you'd like to share? Uh, I'm on Instagram,
1: so I keep reading uh, books. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well just uh, keep room and uh, Facebook as well. I'm on Facebook as well. I don't use Facebook as much. I'm more on the Instagram because uh, there's a lot of act- there's a lot of accounts on Instagram. There's a big uh, book community there, there, So Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. That and Twitter, you know, and do you have a website? I do have a website, uh, keeproom.com. <laughs> how, how hard is that, right? <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> Once again, the book is The Lemon Man and it's by Keith Bruton. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks nice for
1: having me on. I definitely want to be on this again. Thanks very much.
0: Perfect. Hang on for me just a minute. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out With Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com. On Twitter at outwithdan, Dan and on Instagram and Facebook at go out with dan this podcast is hosted by authors on the air global radio network and the theme music is provided by bensound.com join us again soon for the next episode of out with dan